Hello, this is Mark Eckstein, and for the next hour, I will be reading from the June 1st, 2023 issue of Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Correction. In last week's May 25th edition of the newspaper, the article, Wyoming County Declares State of Emergency, read that hotel, motel, or owners of a multiple dwelling in Wyoming County is permitted to contract in business with any other municipality other than Wyoming County for the purpose of providing housing for migrants or asylum seekers. The article should have stated that no hotel, motel, or owner of a multiple dwelling in Wyoming County would be permitted to do so. We apologize for the mistake and any confusion this may have caused. Wyoming County SPCA receives $62,000 in support from New York State. On May 12, 2023, Governor Kathy Hochul announced that nearly $7.6 million will be provided to 21 animal shelters and humane societies across the state. These funds come from the New York State Companion Animal Capital Fund and are for the purpose of supporting Quote, construction, renovations, and expansion projects that will help enhance animal care and health and help ensure adoptions for New York's dogs and cats, unquote. Hochul's press release states, Animal shelters and humane societies across New York provide essential care for dogs and cats as they await their new families and forever homes, Governor Hochul said. New York's Companion Animal Capital Fund is making a real difference for our shelters and humane societies and the animals in their care, helping them make critical upgrades to better care for the animals and provide greater support for the staff and volunteers that care for them. This is the fifth round of the funds, and the Wyoming County SPCA, located in Attica, was one of the 21 recipients this time. We are so grateful to be one of the 21 applicants to be awarded funding, said Julie Calvert, Wyoming County SPCA board president. The Wyoming County SPCA received $62,825.89. This money is expected to go towards a variety of projects, including a roof replacement, repairing the driveway and parking area, as well as acquiring cat caging and updating the record-keeping technology. The SPCA had started the process of creating their grant application several years ago, they stated in a press release. The shelter relies on donations from the community, completely, and in order to meet the state's grant requirement of dollar-to-dollar -dollar matching funds, they had to raise money, save it, and place it in a capital improvement account. Executive Director Alicia Barron stated, We appreciate the generosity of compassionate donors. Without them, the total cost of the capital improvement project, $125,651.79, would not have been possible. From there, the shelter then had an assessment done in January 2023 by Companion Animal Care Standards Act consultant Kate Daly. The shelter had gone through a couple of changes within 40 years of standing, starting off as an animal shelter, then converting to a daycare, and finally going back to what most county people know it as, the Wyoming County SPCA. Board members, volunteers, and staff led by Dr. Katherine Lawson, volunteer grant writer, Wyoming County SPCA board member, met to discuss the assessment and prioritize shelter needs. A comprehensive application of needs was submitted in April and approved in May 2023, the Wyoming County SPCA explained. While the start of the process of renovating their roof and parking lot 
as well as getting upgrading feline living spaces and their record-keeping equipment, they are not stopping there. The shelter explained that they have future plans of adding a surgical unit to their shelter. Building a surgical unit means that they would need to continue seeking out other grant monies and donations to a capital fund. The shelter continued that the hope to add a medical surgical unit will allow them to provide care for shelter animals and allow a low-cost spay and neuter service for community members who experience economic challenges. The shelter continues to thank all those that support them, stating, We would like to thank our dedicated volunteers, board members, and staff. Without them, this would not have been possible. Again, we thank the community and donors for their support so we can continue to place our shelter cats and dogs in loving forever homes. Warsaw Central School District readying its 2023-24 pre-K program. At the Warsaw Central School District Board of Education's May 23, 2023 meeting, members heard a presentation from the Director of Instructional Services, Kimberly Monahan, and Elementary School Principal Coley Webb about preparations being made for the district's 2023-24 pre-kindergarten program. They said that the program for this fall already has 38 kids registered. Bus transportation is available to the pre-K students who enroll in the Warsaw Central School District program, and eligible families can apply for tuition assistance. Webb said Warsaw has a very good program and that he has heard comments of its quality from other towns. I was told that it was the Cadillac of pre-K programs, he said. Locally, besides the Warsaw School District, there are also Head Start, Perry Elementary, Mud Pies and Milestones, and the Wyoming County Y offering pre-K classes as well. At the same meeting, the school board voted to approve a preliminary Smart Schools Investment Plan public hearing on June 6th at 6.30 p.m. The plan is part of the New York State Department of Education's Smart Schools Bond Act, enacted by the New York State's 2014-2015 budget. According to Business Administrator Carrie Greasewood, of the original $1,001,822 in grant money from the initiative, there is $414,705 remaining, which the district could use to purchase new interactive, quote, smart boards. Many of the school district's current smart boards are approaching five years old, which is the life expectancy of most of these devices. There is new boards on a five-year warranty. The district hopes to eventually replace all their approximately 115 boards with the remaining money under the grants rules being spent incrementally in phases over the next couple of years. In other news, the Board of Education accepted the results of the May 16th public vote, which approved the district's $24 million 2023-24 budget. Also accepted were Propositions Numbers 2, 3, and 4, with number two being a $22 million capital improvement project at no impact to taxpayers. That project includes updates on locker rooms, restrooms, and science classrooms, as well as other work. Proposition number three was for the purchase of the Linwood Avenue property and building adjacent to school playing fields, primarily for storage and use by maintenance department. Proposition four was support for the Warsaw Public Library in the amount of $182,000. Also that night, 
the board served cake and punch as a goodbye to board member Timothy McGinnis, who after serving one five-year term chose not to run for a second term, but is own, instead to enjoy being fully retired. Letchworth's Red, White, and Blue Balloon Festival sees two proposals. While the first night of the Letchworth Red, White, and Blue Balloon Festival went without the launch due to weather conditions, the rest went on without a hitch. Both Saturday and Sunday, May 27th and 28th, 2023, were beautiful days for people to join together to watch approximately 20 hot air balloons launch over Letchworth Park. The balloons were launched from the archery field overlook near the Castile entrance into Letchworth State Park. This year's balloon festival was honoring Captain Sean Quigley by flying American bags from their baskets. Balloons over Letchworth announced Quigley's passing on April 6, 2023. Quigley had founded and operated Balloons Over Letchworth for several years before retiring in 2019, a post from Balloons Over Letchworth stated on their Facebook page. Without Sean's ingenuity, persistence, and inexhaustible passion for ballooning, it would not be possible for us to continue launching from the Middle Falls and enjoying Letchworth Park from the air. Godspeed, Captain. We'll think of you every time we fly, the post continued. Another post from Letchworth State Park explained that Quigley had started balloons over Letchworth on the Memorial Day weekend on purpose, and that was to honor America's fallen military personnel, as well as celebrate the beauty of the country they served. This past weekend was not only perfect to get an air balloon up into the air, but also to have two marriage proposals commence, all of which resulted in both women saying yes to their partners. The first couple was Michelle Lisa and her now fiancé, Ken Bright, and early on Saturday morning during the 6 a.m. launch, people were able to watch as Airborne Adventures Ballooning Incorporated blew up his air balloon and showed off a banner that stated, Michelle, will you marry me? Viewers all around were excited to see the balloon, with one balloon attendant eventually coming around to everyone to share that she had said yes. According to a post from John Cucko Digital, Michelle had intended their ballooning adventure to be a memorial flight for her late mother. As the balloon was going over the gorge, the balloon with the banner aligned with Michelle and Ken's balloon, piloted by Walt Rudy of Aloft Horizons, the ultimate in ballooning adventures giving Michelle the perfect view of the proposal. The second proposal was between Jessica Robichaud and Jesse Taylor. Their proposal was held the same day but during the evening launch at 6 p.m. While high in the sky and over a waterfall, Jesse got down on one knee and proposed to Jessica, proving that this was the perfect backdrop for the event. Passerby discovers early morning garage fire on Brown Schoolhouse Road. Brown Schoolhouse Road residents were alerted to a fire at their property by a passerby who also called 911 early in the morning on Wednesday, May 24, 2023, according to a Wyoming County Office of Emergency Services press release. The garage fire at the property reportedly owned by Shane O'Connell resulted in an estimated $100,000 in damages. A passerby discovered the fire, called 911, and alerted the residents that were asleep inside the home at the time of the fire, reads the press release. The 24-foot by 24-foot unattached garage was a complete loss. A motorhome, riding lawnmower, car, and golf cart were also lost in the fire. 
The nearby house did sustain some damage due to the heat of the fire. However, the occupants were able to continue living in the home. Responding at approximately 6.06 a.m., first responders were at the scene for about two and a half hours. Assisting the Arcade Fire Department and Chief Brian Myers at the scene were members of the following fire companies, Bliss, Strikersville, Yorkshire, Chafee Sardinia, and Farmersville. Strikersville's de Fire Department also stood by at an empty station. The WCOES, Cattaraugus County Fire Investigation Team, Arcade Electric, Arcade Police Department, and New York State Police were also at the scene. The cause was under investigation as of the last report by the Wyoming County Office of Emergency Services. Letter to the Editor Is the United States not only a melting pot but a garbage can, too? Dear Editor, Aside from the fact that it is illegal for non-citizens to cross our border without permission, visas, etc., a myriad of them have been doing just that. When the number was in the low thousands, many of us thought that it was possible to accept them, but now that they come by several million, it is no longer feasible. The questions are, where will they settle and how will they make a living? Are any of them skilled in trades that will benefit the country, or do they expect to be wards of the government forever? Many of our own citizens are having difficulty now in making ends meet. Credit card debt is rapidly rising, and that is not to change for the better. How much will taxes go up to house, feed, and supply these new residents? Or will they just keep borrowing and printing money as the present administration is doing? The people who are allowing all these illegals to enter the U.S. should pause and consider that it's our future generations who will have to deal with these migrants. In spite of all these high, high numbers of people crossing the southern border daily, more and more deadly drugs are also entering the country, and repeat criminal offenders are among the never-ending swarms coming. Instead of increasing the number of border guards to help, the government is going to hire more IRS agents hard-working citizens will be supporting not only their own families but illegal families also. Do the people crossing our border seem grateful for the services rendered them? Not very. They destroy property, crops, and once good neighborhoods. They waste food and leave a trail of trash behind them. It's ironic that the sanctuary cities and states who once seemed to welcome them now don't want them in their backyard. Oh, no! Let the government house them somewhere else. And the saddest part of this scenario is that there is no end in sight. Thanks to this administration, the U.S. of A. is no longer recognizable as the place we once knew and loved. Question. Where are the authorities putting the veterans who are being moved to make room for the migrants? You are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. The Weekly Police Report From the Genesee County Sheriff's Office Tuesday, May 23rd, Batavia The Genesee County Sheriff's Office reported that Jacqueline A. Dupengeiser, 39, of Perry, had allegedly stolen property from the Veterans Memorial Walmart in Batavia. She was charged with petty larceny and is to appear at the Town of Batavia Court on June 16th. Batavia Police arrested Shauna L. Lamont, 33, of Perry, with criminal possession of a controlled substance in the 7th degree. 
Lamont had reportedly been in possession of a controlled substance while she was being detained on two outstanding warrants. Lamont was given an appearance ticket and is due to appear at the Batavia court on June 7th. New York State Police. On Sunday, May 21st, in Orangeville, during a traffic stop on Hermitage Road in the town of Orangeville, police observed Hernandez Martinez, 27, of Portageville exhibiting signs of impairment. It was determined that he had been operating the vehicle while in an impaired condition following Martinez's failed standardized field sobriety tests. While searching his vehicle, police found narcotics located inside the vehicle. Martinez was then transported to the state police station in Warsaw where a chemical breath test revealed that he had a blood alcohol content of 0.19%. Martinez was charged with aggravated DWI and criminal possession of a controlled substance in the seventh degree. He was released with appearance tickets for the town of Orangeville Court and is due to appear at a later date. Friday, May 26th, Warsaw. A 48-year-old female from Perry was involved in a one-car MVA at the intersection of Oatka and Smallwood Roads. No injuries were reported. In Eagle, a two-car motor vehicle accident was reported at the intersection of Route 39 and Telegraph Road. The drivers were a 26-year-old from Buffalo and a 26-year-old from Nunday. No injuries were reported. 6.24 p.m. in Gainesville. Police responded to a two-car motor vehicle accident at the intersection of South Main Street and Shearing Road. The two drivers were a 41-year-old from Dansville and a 34-year-old from Gainesville. No injuries were reported. Saturday, May 27th, in Perry. A speeding incident that led from the town of Perry to the town of Warsaw resulted in Tricia N. Severson, 41, of Perry, being charged with fleeing an officer in a motor vehicle in the third degree. From the Warsaw Police Department, Monday, May 22nd, North Main Street. Police responded to a call for a disturbance at a residency on North Main Street. Following an investigation, Emmanuel E. Martina, 20, of Warsaw, was charged with disorderly conduct and resisting arrest. He was transported to the village of Warsaw Police Department, where he was processed and released. Martina is due to return to the village of Warsaw Court on June 5th. And on Wednesday, May 24th, on West Buffalo Street, Cassandra L. Matson, 36, of Leicester, was charged with criminal contempt in the second degree following an investigation. Matson was processed and released and is set to return to court on June 26th. Grants awarded to local state parks. Governor Kathy Hochul recently announced $1.8 million in grants to support 28 not-for-profit institutions involved with stewardship of state parks, trails, historic sites, and public lands, the highest amount awarded in the Park and Trail Partnership Grants Program history. The Grants Support Partnership Group efforts to raise private funds for capital projects, engage in maintenance and beautification projects, provide educational programming, and host special events that are promoting the use of parks by the public. Among the awardees are the following local state parks in the Tri-County area. Fringe of Let 
Friends of Letchworth State Park $8,000 for plans to upgrade access to three picnic shelters and one comfort station in the park to better serve park visitors with physical limitations. Art Park and Company Incorporated $100,000 to hire a director of education, interpretation, and accessibility who will organize year-round educational and outreach activities, establish new programming, and partner with New York State Parks on environmental education and outreach. Chautauqua County Equestrian Trail System $68,000 to develop a multi-year strategic plan focusing on marketing, fundraising, and volunteer support to broaden the diversity of trail users and expand and strengthen partnerships. Friends of Knox Farm State Park $75,000 to renovate the Mansion Summer Estate, a unique wedding and events venue managed by the Friends. Friends of Rheinstein Nature Preserve, $10,581 to build an enclosure that will protect and establish the native forest as well as to improve public access and education related to forest ecosystems. Impact the Friends of Improving Allegheny County Trails, $7,396 to replace a 30-foot bridge to be built in partnership with Alfred State College and College and the Department of Environmental Conservation and to install two trail counters for data collection and nearby trails. Old Fort Niagara Association $12,103 to create a rest stop for cyclists on the Niagara Greenway bike trail in Old Fort Niagara State Park. <coughs> We are proud to support the work of the incredible grassroots partner organizations that elevate the stewardship and programming of our state parks, historic sites, trails, and public lands, Governor Hochul said. With the largest investment in the Park and Trail Partnership Grants program history, New York State is sending a message that we are deeply committed to protecting and funding our public lands as we continue to embark on nation-leading climate resiliency initiatives. The Park and Trail Partnership Grants Program is funded through the State Environmental Protection Fund. Grants are administered in partnership with the not-for-profit advocacy group Parks and Trails New York. This eighth round of awards will be matched by over $625,000 in private funds. Recipients must raise outside funding of at least 10% of the grant amount received. The fiscal year 2024 budget provides $2 million for the next round of Park and Trail Partnership grant funds as part of a record $400 million Environmental Protection Fund to support climate change mitigation and adaptation efforts, improve agricultural resources to promote sustained agriculture, protect our water sources, advance conservation efforts, and provide recreational opportunities for New Yorkers. In addition, the budget includes $200 million for state parks for capital improvement projects. This substantial level of funding will aid the ongoing transformation of New York's flagship parks and support critical infrastructure projects throughout the park system. The Town of Warsaw holds a special meeting. The following information comes from the Town of Warsaw's special meeting minutes. 
The town of Warsaw held a special meeting at 9 a.m. at the Warsaw Town Hall on May 22, 2023. This meeting was in regard to a municipal solution for the library project. Councilman Chris Lonneville made the motion and Councilman Dave Mateer seconded it to authorize Supervisor Rebecca Ryan to sign the agreement with Municipal Solutions for the library project, not to exceed $3,500. In addition, an engagement letter with Town Attorney David DiMatteo for the library project was reviewed. Borello hosts Town Hall in Warsaw. State Senator George Borello of the 57th Senate District hosted a town hall meeting at the Warsaw Fire Department on Wednesday, May 26th. Scheduled to take place between 6 and 7 p.m., Borello's town hall was also streamed live on Facebook. The purpose of the meeting was for Borello to answer questions and gather feedback from constituents as well as to provide updates on his legislative efforts. During the meeting, Borello discussed climate, green energy and subsidies, as well as immigrants and media. Borello advised those in attendance that while he is one of many who believe mainstream media is unbiased, local community, weekly newspapers and radios are good sources of information. The senator was also questioned about the town of Bennington being a disaster. Borello would not comment directly on any possible issues in the municipality, but did state it is a thankless job being an elected official. He added that most board members and supervisors are doing their best, and when residents are not happy with how matters are being handled in their towns, they should consider running for office and step up. Warsaw Elementary participates in Agriculture Day. The second Warsaw Elementary School Agriculture Day, Ag Day, occurred on Wednesday, May 24, 2023. This was an all-day event, as it was held from 9 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. Warsaw teacher and leader of Ag Day, Leah Mould, explained that the event started back in 2021 and had all their students participate in different stations involving agriculture and animals. The day came together as a collaboration between members of the community who are heavily in the agriculture industry, as well as the Wyoming County 4-H and the Warsaw Agriculture Education Program. Students were able to rotate between these three stations. These stations involved those from the Attica Vet, the East Hill Creamery, and the Warsaw Future Farmers of America. In addition to these three businesses or organizations, local families were encouraged to bring animals to showcase, Mould said. The animals and families were the Younger's family, who brought a Holstein dairy calf, a sheep from the Shank family, a meat goat from the Vranich family, a pig from Marina Cox, rabbits from Russell Broughton and Aubrey Nickerson, ducks from Taylor Herman, and a mini horse from Wolcott Farms. Ryan Domes, Java Farm Supply, do donated a tractor, and cornhole boards from the Youngers family were also brought. Mold also stated that students participated in Milk for Health activities, which included an obstacle course, painting with dairy gadgets, coloring activities, and learning about dairy. It is great to help students learn about agriculture and how important the industry is in our daily lives and community, she said. 
During the time students were not participating at the stations, students spent the time learning about animals and participating in planting day. This was held at the elementary school's high tunnel. I would like to thank everyone who helped support the event and the agriculture education program at Warsaw. It is so exciting to educate our future consumers and agriculturalists, Mold said. Next year, Mold is hoping that there will be new and different stations so students can continue to learn more about the diversity of agriculture. Academic Accomplishments The following locals have been recognized for their academic achievements at Nazareth College. Degrees Reagan Henrici of Warsaw graduated magna cum laude with a degree in clinical laboratory sciences and a minor in chemistry. Victoria Otto of Colesville graduated with a degree in studio art and a minor in art history. And the Dean's List Reagan Henrici of Warsaw, Lauren DeYoung of Colesville, Victoria Otto of Colesville, and Leah White of Perry were also named to the Dean's List. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. An interview with Dave Kobus, CEO of Wyoming County Community Health System. In an era in which small institutions frequently get swallowed up by larger ones, the county-owned Wyoming County Hospital in Warsaw, established 110 years ago, stands as one of the few remaining independent hospitals in New York State. But this small hospital has had a rough few years. Even before COVID, rural hospitals faced financial challenges due to the changing nature of healthcare systems and an environment of heavy regulation. But COVID and state policies implemented in the name of COVID had a devastating impact on hospitals such as the one in Warsaw. From a fiscal perspective, 2020 saw the Wyoming County Community Health System, WCCHS, lose $10.8 million. This was mostly due to the prohibition against elective surgeries mandated by the New York State Department of Health in response to COVID. Like many hospitals, Warsaw dealt with empty beds and empty operating rooms during the early months of the pandemic. This was consequential to the hospital's fiscal health. The loss in 2021 of $4.4 million was less severe. But then came 2022 and the impact of New York State's COVID vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. Over 30,000 healthcare workers declined the vaccine and were forced to either resign or be terminated from their positions. Partly because of this and the ensuing expense of relying on agency nurses to fill gaps, the Wyoming County Community Health System experienced a stunning loss of $22.6 million in 2022. In June 2022, Dave Kobus became the CEO of WCCHS. Cobus is an experienced hospital administrator whose work has included distressed financial hospital turnarounds. He now stands at the helm seeking to steer the ship out of the choppy waters of financial instability. To this task, he brings a vision of aligning the hospital services with the needs of the Wyoming County community. During a recent interview with Cobus, he stated that these are extraordinary times for health care. 
he openly acknowledged that COVID policies at the state level had a negative impact on the hospital, most especially the vaccine mandate. Cobus, noting that, quote, vaccine efficiency and vaccine efficacy was not what was advertised, unquote, was pleased that on May 24th, the state announced that it will be discontinuing the COVID vaccine mandate for healthcare workers. A formal policy rescinding the order will not be in place for a number of months, but the Department of Health has stated that in the interim, it will cease enforcement. Cobus said that WCCHS will be reaching out sooner rather than later to staff that resigned or were terminated and gauge their interest in returning. Turning his attention to the future of the hospital, Cobus spoke of the need to determine right-sizing and restructuring in which there is an ongoing evaluation of every program for the purpose of answering the questions, is this program beneficial to the residents of the community and is this program sustainable? The hospital is actively recruiting providers for programs that have been identified as important in the Wyoming County community. Cobus shared details about program additions and expansions. General Surgeon Dr. Anthony DiBenedetto joined the hospital in March 2023. Dr. DiBenedetto specializes in general surgery, bariatrics, and endoscopies. Limited bariatric surgeries may be offered in the future. Earlier this year, cardiologist Dr. Joseph Gomez, who completed his residency and fellowship at the University of Rochester School of Medicine, was brought on board to lead the hospital's cardiac program. Cobus described the cardiac services available at the hospital as robust. Non-narcotic pain management services are also now available. Dr. Hemant Kalia joined the staff in April 2023. Dr. Kalia has more than 25 years of pain management experience and specializes in interventional pain medicine, providing epidural injections and nerve blocks, radiofrequency ablation, and spinal procedures for chronic pain and cancer pain management. Cobus cited the new pain management program as an example of how the hospital is seeking to align services with community needs. He pointed out that Wyoming County has an aging population, many of whom have worked in physically demanding occupations such as farming. Because of this, chronic pain is something experienced by many in the community. The hospital, identifying this as a need, developed this program in response to that need. The dialysis program, launched in January 2022, is expanding from three days a week to six days per week with two shifts. The dialysis program, operated by the hospital, is located in Mount Morris and serves residents in Wyoming and Livingston counties. The behavioral health program may be expanded in the future. The Wyoming County Hospital is a referral facility for inpatient behavioral health services. This means that the hospital is a resource for patients outside the area. The hospital is also evaluating the possibility of developing a hyperbaric wound program. Such a program would benefit diabetic patients and others with non-healing wounds. Cobus commented on how hyperbaric chambers using high oxygen concentrations have had profound positive outcomes for patients with wound complications. In what Cobus acknowledges is a difficult decision, he spoke about the suspension of the hospital's maternity services effective June 1st. Cobus said it is sad to see this long-standing program end, 
noting that the decision reflects the changing demographics of the community, declining birth rates, and the reality that the program is not financially sustainable. Regulations requiring that maternity programs be staffed 24-7 and recent years have required a high level of subsidy in order to maintain the program. To provide continuity of care for obstetric patients, Wyoming County Community Health System has partnered with United Memorial Medical Center in Batavia. This reporter asked Cobus what the mood of the employees is toward the suspension of the maternity program. He said that, quote, Employees are disappointed, but they understand the longer-term vision and changing dynamics, unquote. Cobus's message to the community is this. Times are changing. Demographics are shifting. A long-term vision that embraces the need to restructure so that services and programs match community needs is necessary. If available services are better aligned with community medical needs, the program is more likely to be sustainable and to require less subsidy. Decreasing the subsidy increases a hospital's financial stability. Cobus's goal is to, quote, turn it around without losing independence, unquote. Glow Out expands LGBTQ plus outreach and programming to Wyoming County. In January 2023, Glow Out, the nonprofit organization serving the LGBTQ plus individuals in the four county region, became an outreach agency funded by the New York State Office of Mental Health. In doing so, Glow Out's former president and education coordinator, Sarah Vason, became the first executive director and now oversees this work contracted locally through the Wyoming Office of Mental Health. The organization is grateful for the countless hours Director of Community Services Kelly Dreija spent in meetings and writing the contract to ensure the work was funded and this mental health safety net built in her community. Faison is excited to bring the vast array of skills she's developed in her 25 years as an educator, theater director, and diversity and inclusion specialist to the position. Mason is no stranger to Wyoming County, having been a regular guest speaker at the Warsaw and Arcade Campus Centers while working for Genesee Community College. She has also been an adjunct instructor for correctional facility within Wyoming County for the past eight years, currently through the Rochester Educational Justice Initiative at the University of Rochester. She loves Wyoming County and recognizes that it has its own special culture and unique needs, which she is motivated to honor. Glow Out will be launching a bi-weekly LGBTQ plus youth drop-in center in the county, which will provide a safe space for peer social and emotional support with trained adult volunteers ready with mental health and community resources if and when a youth needs them. They will also facilitate PFLAG meetings to support and educate friends and family members and SAGE meetings for social and emotional support for older LGBTQ residents. To improve community members' cultural competency and inclusion skills, they will also provide complimentary Safe Zone and Understanding the Gender Nonconforming GNC, experience training for any county-funded workplace or individual. The group is thrilled to say that they have been so warmly welcomed by Wyoming County and already have multiple trainings scheduled for the summer. 
Anyone interested in training or providing meeting space can mail Vason at svacin at glowout.org. In addition to launching these essential projects, Glow Out will be throwing its fifth annual Pride Celebration starting on June 1st at 5 p.m. with a youth-led flag-raising center ceremony at the Jerome Center, War Memorial in Batavia at 16 Bank Street. A block party will follow from 6 to 8 p.m. at the First Presbyterian Church of Batavia located at 300 East Main Street where new ACT OUT, a youth group leaders, will be crowned to the Rainbow Court. The festivities continue at 8.30 p.m. when the group will meet at the old courthouse on Main Street in Batavia to watch it be lit up for Pride Month. The theme this year was created by youth leader Lily Fiscus, uses the pronouns they and them, the theme being One Home, One Heart, One Pride, and was beautifully painted by local artist and ally Andrea Newman of Lilliput Studios. What many think of as Pride starts at 4.30 p.m. on Friday, June 9th, in the city center parking lot in Batavia. This year's festivities feature a vendor fair and food trucks at 4 p.m., a parade at 6 p.m., and entertainment hosted by Buffalo Club Marcella's Josh DJ Devious and starring our favorite drag performers from Roar in Rochester. The event is free, open to the public, and family-friendly even including a rainbow care bear. The organization hopes to encourage residents from all corners of the GLOW region to attend and help build up this community. If you have the means to share, come prepared, as there will be unique vendors and basket and raffle sales to raise money for greatly needed transportation. There will also be an after party for those 21 over at Islands Hawaiian Grill to bid this lesbian-owned restaurant a big send-off as they start their new food truck business. Festivities continue on Saturday, June 10th with Drag King and Queen Story Hour at Richmond Memorial Library at 10 a.m. Tickets are free, but registration is required and can be made at here at https colon slash slash www.batavialibrary.org slash events slash glow out drag king queen story hour and for those looking for saucier more adult entertainment join Ms. Vivian Darling for bingo and karaoke at the Go Art building that evening the first bingo session starts at 5 p.m. and will allow teens 13 and over to join with an adult for the 7 p.m. bingo session patrons must be 21 and over bingo is the only event with a fee which can be paid here at http://glowout.org slash events hyphen pride. The group is always looking for new members or volunteers, and pride is a wonderful time to meet your community. Anyone interested in joining or helping with pride festivities can email sarah at info at glowout.org or sign up on their website www.glowout.org, where you can also donate towards their transportation fund. Arc Glow announces the Marianne Graney Memorial Scholarship winners. Four seniors in each of the Glow counties has been awarded the 2023 Marianne Graney Memorial Scholarship administered by Arc Glow. 
the $1,000 scholarship award winners, Sania Santiago, Nicole Courtright, Ava Quincy, and Morgan Brace, were chosen out of 18 candidates and are planning to pursue careers related to health care or working with people with disabilities. Locally, Santiago is a Batavia High School student and Brace is a Letchworth High School student. Sania Santiago, a senior at Batavia High School, is planning on going to Gen SUNY Genesee Community College this fall and then Roberts Wesleyan University to continue her education in social work. Santiago wants to become a social worker to help kids who have disabilities or who are struggling in school or in their home life. She said she wants kids to feel comfortable to talk to her about anything or if they just need somewhere they can feel welcome in a peaceful, calm environment. As a junior, Santiago mentored kids at Batavia Middle School and this year is taking a college course called Intro to Education. This class teaches how to work with students who have disabilities. I am a teacher's aide at the GLOW YMCA working for the Before and After School Enrichment Program, Santiago said. During this program, she has gained experience working with children with disabilities, solidifying her career choice. She also participated in a day of caring at the New York State School for the Blind in Batavia. Santiago said it was amazing watching the kids communicate with Braille and using their senses to get around to the school. Morgan Brace, a senior at Letchworth Central School, will be going to Houghton University to study inclusive childhood education and sports recreation and wellness. Brace plays volleyball, basketball, and softball. She is the president of the Student Council and participates in the Leadership in Action class, National Honor Society, Big Buddy, and Spectrum. Brace can also be found in the community, volunteering at concession stands, craft shows, and creating backpacks for children in need. She also organized a dozen projects which benefit her school and community through Leadership in Action. Most recently, I put together a charity basketball game at Letchworth Central School that raised $4,000 for the Autism Nature Trail, Brace said. I absolutely love working with children who have special needs. I feel that it is important to work with these students, especially to make sure they receive the education they deserve. Now in its 18th year, the Marianne Graney Memorial Scholarship is given out to area high school students planning to attend college to pursue a degree in human services, special education, or a field related to helping people with developmental disabilities. It is in honor of Mary Ann Graney, a special education teacher who died in 2004. The scholarship is funded by the Friends and Family 5K, scheduled this year for September 16th in Elba. In all, 59 scholarships, including this year, have been awarded since 2006 to local high school students. You are listening to a reading of articles and features from Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Warsaw youth fight back against tobacco giant Altria. Last week, Samantha Werner, Patrick Langdon, and Addison Gay reality check leaders from Warsaw High School, joined more than 125 youth and advocates from 15 different states to protest Altria Group Incorporated's 2023 annual meeting of shareholders. These advocates held a demonstration outside Altria's Washington, D.C. office, while several youth activists had proxy tickets to directly address Altria's executives and ask questions during the virtual shareholders meeting.
I'm proud of my youth for fighting against the manipulative tactics the tobacco industry uses to target them, said Brittany Bowser, youth coordinator at Tobacco Free Genesee, Orleans and Wyoming. T.T. Gow. After using their powerful voices in Washington, D.C., they plan to challenge to continue to address the challenges of tobacco use in their communities back home as well as mobilize their peers to take action. This year marks the eighth consecutive year that Mobilize Against Tobacco Lies, a collaborative of youth programs and national partners, gathered to expose and fight back against the tobacco giant's lies. Reality Check Youth from across New York State rallied with a coalition of seven tobacco control youth programs and five national partners, including Michigan, Making It County, Texas Say What, New Hampshire Dover Youth to Youth, Coalition for a Tobacco-Free Hawaii, Wisconsin FACT, Delaware Kick Butts Generation, Indigenous People's Task Force, Corporate Accountability, Counter Tools, Campaign for Tobacco-Free Kids, Center for Black Health and Equity, and Truth Initiative. Altria sells a number of the most popular cigarette brands among kids, Marlboro, and has long targeted kids and other vulnerable groups with its products. Altria claims to be, quote, moving beyond smoking, unquote, but the truth is that they rake in billions from cigarette and other tobacco products, hook kids with new products like e-cigarettes, and fight real efforts to reduce tobacco use. Despite Altria and the tobacco industry's efforts, the United States has made great progress to reduce use smoking. However, the latest government survey shows over 3 million U.S. middle and high school students still use tobacco products, including over 2.5 million who use e-cigarettes. Reality Check is a teen-led, adult-run program that seeks to prevent and decrease tobacco use among young people throughout New York State. For more information about Reality Check, visit realitycheckofnewyork.org. Invitation to Celebrate Community Art Students The Warsaw Public Library is hosting a reception for Mrs. Strathern's Warsaw Middle Senior High School Community Art Students at 4 p.m. on Thursday, June 8th. You are invited to the installation of the art murals that students in Ms. Strathern's class created for the renovated teen space at Warsaw Public Library. Light refreshments will be served. Learn more about the library's teen summer reading program and check out their renovated teen room and its collection as well. Registration is not required. Friends of Letchworth State Park Scholarship Award 2023 Emma McLaughlin, daughter of Darrell and Sarah McLaughlin of Perry, has been awarded the 2023 Friends of Letchworth Scholarship. Emma is a senior at Perry Central School. Presentation of the award was made by Carol Rathbun and Richard Parker, President and Vice President of Friends of Letchworth State Park at the I Love My Park Day gathering held on May 6, 2023. <coughs> Competition for this scholarship included senior class members from all schools adjoining Letchworth State Park. The scholarship is funded by the Friends of Letchworth and donations from individuals interested in promoting this beautiful park through a scholarship program. Scholarship is awarded on the merits of a composition 
concerning some aspect of the park and its importance in today's world. Emma has majored in music in high school and wishes to attend either Ithaca College or SUNY at Fredonia to study vocal performance. Community Calendar Events for Saturday, June 3rd Strikersville Townwide Yard Sale held on June 3rd and 4th from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. There will be arts and crafts, theme baskets, food, plants, and beverages available. <coughs> Vendors and those with inquiries call Barb Logel at 716-863-1474 or Judy at 585-457-3444. <coughs> Ladies Spring Tea Party held at the Gainesville United Methodist Church from 2 to 4 p.m. This year's theme is Garden Tea Party. Join the ladies for tea, tasty treats, and a wonderful program. Silver Serpent Multisport Event. The event will start at Silver Lake on both June 3rd and 4th. The weekend-long event will start off with a 5K race and end on Sunday with a youth duathlon. Registration is required. Visit http colon slash slash www.wolfpackmultisport.com for more info. New York State Yoga Festival held in the Letchworth State Park. Join in on a yoga session instructed by various yoga teachers throughout the park. A huge yoga class will also take place at the High Banks Recreation Center. Food and holistic products vendors will be there. The festival begins at 10 a.m. Village-wide yard sales. Visit the village of Wyoming for a variety of yard sales. The event will be held from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. A map of local sales is available at the Wyoming Library at 114 South Academy Street. The Wyoming Library will also have vendors, food trucks, and a huge book sale from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. On Sunday, June 4th, Yard Sale Weekend Chicken Barbecue. The Strikersville American Legion Star Post number 637 will be serving chicken barbecue from 11 a.m. until sold out. Patrons can eat in or take out. Masonic Monthly Buffet Breakfast serving pancakes, French toast, waffles, sausage, ham, scrambled eggs, biscuits, country gravy, maple syrup, and a variety of beverages from 8 to 11 a.m. <coughs> The breakfast will be held at the Masonic Temple at 74 South Main Street in Warsaw. On Monday, June 5th, Friends of the Warsaw Public Library. Become a friend of the Warsaw Public Library by joining the Friends at their summer planning meeting at 6 p.m. No registration is required. Wednesday, June 7th, the 2023 Card Party. Members of the Strikersville Senior Citizens will be launching a basket raffle and card party from 12 to 4 p.m. at the Couriers Grange Hall on 983 Chafee Road in Arcade. The event will benefit the Strikersville Senior Citizen Group. Donations can be sent to 725 Route 20A, Strikersville. You can also call Peter Pike at 585-805-4020. Blood donation opportunity. The American Red Cross is asking people to book a time to give blood or platelets. Those who come in to give in the month of June will receive a gift card and be entered into a chance to win a backyard theater package. Donators can go to the Alexander Community Fire Recreation Hall at 10708 Alexander Road in Attica. 
The location will be open from 1.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule a time. Thursday, June 8th, celebrate community art students. The Warsaw Public Library is hosting a reception for Ms. Strathern's Warsaw Middle Senior High School Community Art Students at 4 p.m. The public is invited to the installation of the art murals that the students created for the renovated teen space at the Warsaw Public Library. Light refreshments will be served. Saturday, June 10th, Talent in Our Towns 2023. A bookbinding and papermaking art program will be held at the Orangeville Town Hall at 2 p.m. Workshop for those ages 10 and up and is free and open to the public. Call or text Maureen Gardner at 585-322-0174 to sign up. Tuesday, June 13th, the 10 Warning Signs of Alzheimer's. Join in and learn about the 10 common warning signs and what to watch for in yourself and others at 5.30 p.m. at the Warsaw Public Library. The one-hour program covers a variety of topics regarding Alzheimer's. The discussion is led by the Alzheimer's Association Western New York Chapter. Registration is required. To register, visit warsawpubliclibrary.org or call the library at 585-786-5650. Wednesday, June 14th is Flag Day. Thursday, June 15th, a blood donation opportunity. The American Red Cross is asking people to book a time to give blood or platelets. Those who come in to receive in the month of June will receive a gift card and be entered into a chance to win a backyard theater package. Donators can go to Hope Lutheran Church at 2 East Main Street in Arcade. The location will be open from 11.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Visit redcrossblood.org or call 1-800-RED-CROSS to schedule a time. The Super Cruise will be held at the Charcoal Corral at 7 p.m. And ongoing events. The weekly story time with Miss Mary. Every Tuesday at 11 a.m. you can drop in at the Warsaw Public Library for stories, songs, and other fun activities. These activities are designed for preschool-aged children with their caregivers. Spice of the Month Club. Pick up a spice kit once a month that features a different spice at the Warsaw Public Library. Each kit includes a sample spice, the background of the spice, and a variety of recipes to try out with it. Participants are encouraged to share images of their culinary works on Facebook or Instagram by tagging the Warsaw Public Library. The LOL Club. Join the Little Old Ladies Club at the Y in Warsaw from 3 to 4 p.m. Participants are encouraged to bring their knitting, crochet, or any other project while enjoying some tea. The club is open to all genders and those aged 11 and up. <coughs> Warsaw's Right Connection meets on the second Tuesday of each month, September through May, at 6 p.m. This writing group consists of new and published writers who can all learn from each other. Monthly prompts are given in a friendly, relaxed environment. No registration is required for this free monthly event. New members, teens, and adults are always welcome. For more information, contact Wendy at 585-786-5290. Euchre, just for fun, held every second Tuesday of the month at the church in Alexander at noon. 
dessert and coffee will be served. If you have any questions, call 585-993-0006. And the free coffee hour is held every first Wednesday of the month at the Trinity Episcopal Church on 62 West Buffalo Street at 9.30 a.m. You have been listening to a reading of articles and features from the June 1st, 2023 issue of Warsaw's Country Courier on the Niagara Frontier Radio Reading Service. Your reader has been Mark Eckstein. Thank you for listening.